Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting in the great outdoors. You guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it. I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast. Today is September 30th. It's like Christmas Eve. You know, it's the day before opener. Tomorrow, Illinois, the opener begins October 1. I know a whole bunch of other states opens as well. And all of our hard work, all the preparation, everything comes down to the start beginning tomorrow. And, you know, we have whatever it is, three or four months to get the job done. It's a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. And really looking forward to it. I know myself, along with a bunch of the other guys on the team, have quite a few really nice bucks to chase this year. So I think it's going to be an eventful season. I think it's going to be good. I know right now our temperatures are a little warmer than normal. And that's that kind of sucks, but we do have a cold front moving in on Saturday and supposed to have a bunch of rain behind it. Uh, I believe three of the next five days starting Saturday uh, has rain in the forecast and the temperature drops about 10 to 15 degrees, you know, and then I believe it's next week sometime the the wind switches to a straight north from a predominantly south wind for the previous I don't even know, eight or ten days. So I think that's going to be a game-changer day for sure. A lot of bucks will probably hit the dirt that day. But, you know, early on here we're focusing on the the food sources. We've got acorns dropping. We've got our real-world food plots. And the deer are really coming close on daylighting. And I think uh, there's a really good opportunity for some of us to possibly get one down early. But, Really looking forward to it. Like I said, it's going to be a long journey. It's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And I think it's going to be a great season. And we're going to try to keep you guys up to date as much as possible throughout the entire season. Uh, Just some of the states we're covering is going to be Illinois, Kansas, uh, let's see, Michigan, Tennessee, Missouri. I might be missing a couple there. But long story short most of the midwest and i think it's just going to be a fun adventure seeing what everybody lays down this year and i think we're going to have some awesome episodes this year kind of have a new format we're going to try to do on youtube this year uh, as well as facebook i think it's going to turn out great but uh today's podcast we are going to have on sean mccrory out of missouri now his season has already started there in missouri and we're going to get an up-to-date with him and talk about what he's seen so far you know, if, I, I think last time I talked to him, the movement hasn't been great, but he does have some shooters on camera and kind of walk through that on where he's been hunting and what he's going to do to make changes going forward. Then we're also going to have on here Nick Chambers. He just got back from out west, had a successful elk hunt, put down his first – I think it might be his first bull elk ever. I'm not positive on that. We'll find out. But shot his, shot a nice bull on a public land do-it-yourself hunt. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. Then we're also going to talk to him about his deer season. He's got uh, a really nice buck on camera, I believe, too, and uh, kind of see how his season started, if he's even hunted yet, and you know, kind of his goals for the season. So without any further ado, we're going to hop on the phone now with Sean, and we're going to kick this off. All right, now on the phone, I've got Sean McCrory out of Missouri. What's up tonight, Sean? Oh, sitting back, relaxing. Um uh, been doing some last minute food plots kind of fixing some failures and and uh getting ready for this cold front coming up 
Yeah, do you guys have too much dry weather or wet, or what do you have? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my fall, some of my some of my fall food plots I planted, they germinated, and then just never got any rains on them. Yeah. And then I planted beans early. They got flooded out. And uh, it's just kind of been a been a fiasco. So I've been trying to recover it with some with some rye, right just something cheap to throw down to get some green growing. Hopefully, try to bring something into it. Yeah, right on. So obviously, you're from Missouri, Sean. And when did you guys' season actually open? Uh, September fifteenth. September fifteenth. So you have have you been hunting very much then? Uh, I think we've hunted seven days now. And haven't had a whole lot of luck other than I took my little nephews out on a uh, doe hunting mission and shot a doe with them. And that was pretty exciting. They were, they were pretty pumped up about that. Right on. So you, but, you have any shooters on camera? I think you do, don't you? Yeah. I've got a couple bucks that Stormy's been going after. Uh, nothing's been super daylight. My main farm that I hunt, we've uh, transitioned it from crops to hay ground again. Uh, we put it in crops for a couple of years to try to fight a cockaburr slash honey locust problem we had. And, and uh, now we've taken it back to hay and my deer numbers drastically reduced. So I'm, I think later October, November, the deer will move back in just like they used to, but it's, so, uh, so, I haven't bought daylighting yet so far. Right on. So, from what I gathered of that, uh, it's a huge uh, dagger not not having row crops on the farm. Oh man, it's uh, it's cut my trail camera pictures down to uh, almost nothing during the early season. My, my food plots are doing all right. I've got several does and stuff using them, but the. I've got one buck that was very regular last year. Uh, we we call him Frazier. He's a uh, probably mid fifties to low sixties ten. That was a homebody last year, but this year he's kind of just in and out. I'm only guessing it's due to the lack of food. But hopefully, once my fall plots and this rye starts coming up, he'll become more regular, and I I think we'll uh, I think we'll catch up with him. Right on, right on. So. Basically, do you, now is this hay ground, I'm guessing, putting it back in the hay ground for cattle and such? Uh, yeah, we've uh, leased the hay ground rights out on our farm to uh, to a neighbor. We we don't have any cows anymore, thank God. Right? They were a uh, pain in my tail with my food pot. Yeah, I can imagine. So uh, you guys not get very much high yield out of your real crop on that hay ground then i mean i guess you get I guess, I guess my question is does it make more sense to make your money on row crop on the farm or leasing it for hay ground you guys do we are on lease we are on hill ground so we get a bad wash gotcha. if you don't cover crop on the back side of it yep and uh and the guy that we had farming it wasn't wanting to keep cover cropping it and Honest guy, we had so much deer damage on everything that we were planting that uh, it was it wasn't really worth it. I mean, our bean fields would have, I mean, fifty to a hundred deer on them a night, 
in some in some evenings in some fields. So gotcha. So the, uh, high erosion. The farmer. Was, yeah, high erosion, high deer population was kind of uh, a downfall to the to the person that was row cropping, and they just decided not to. And the ultimate goal was to bring it back into hay anyway. After we row cropped it a couple of years, to try to try to get rid of the honey or the honey locusts and the cockerbird problem that we were having. Gotcha. So now it's a, a trial and error of adapting to the situation and trying to make something happen, right? Well, you know, with with getting rid of the the row crops and and having the hay hay on the farm, I mean. Back in back when we had that previous to the row crops, it made my f- food plots far more attractive. It kind of narrowed down the movement to those food plots, but it's just kind of getting them there. Getting, I mean, once the once the crops start coming out and beans start turning, the deer will end up over on my green plot. So yeah, I don't have a whole lot of work about it. Gotcha. So that was my next question: is how much standing crops do you guys still have? Quite a bit, or they picking as we talk it's coming out really fast right now uh most of my neighboring farms have been coming out pretty quick and i've been seeing an increase in in uh cell camera pictures here in the last two or three days so gotcha i really do i think this cold front's going to be awesome that we're having coming i think it's the fourth and fifth of october which should hit right for you guys too yeah, so we were just kind of briefly talking about this before uh, we hopped on here, but uh, we've predominantly had, I don't even know, eight, ten days in a row of predominantly south southern winds. And then I think yep. I think Tuesday for us and Monday for you, it switches to a north, and we've got about 15-degree temperature drop. Uh, we got rain yep. in the floor. Yeah, got, the highs aren't near as high, and um, – I, I just think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some big boys hitting the dirt really soon. It it reminds me of last October. Uh, Stormy killed her bow buck October 4th last year, which is my birthday. And uh, I think there's a good chance that she's going to have a buck do the same thing this year. Right on. So how does that work? Yep. Uh, you, you're working nights. Um, do you go in, what time do you go in at night? Uh, I go in about four thirty in the morning and get off at four thirty to five o'clock in the or four thirty in the, at night and get off at four thirty five o'clock in the morning. Gotcha. So, yeah, and vice versa. I work I work shift work, so on days I work four thirty in the morning to to uh, four thirty at night, and I got about an hour and fifteen minute drive to work. So, Ooh. but. <laughs> And I know, the, uh, so you, I know last year you, well, I'm sure you're going to do the same thing this year, but I'm sure many days you're going to have very little sleep heading to that tree stand. Once that, uh, magical time of year hits, I don't, I don't sleep a whole lot. I'll, I'll work nights, get, throw my camouflage on and head to a tree every morning pretty much. And then try to try to get about an hour or two before I go back in and work 12 hour shifts and then do it all over again. But it's paid off a couple of times. A couple of my biggest bucks have come, come after working the night shift. Yeah, just head out and make it happen, right? Yeah, make sure you're tied off and and yeah. Uh, caffeinated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> of coffee. 
or monster or something. Coffee and coffee and uh, rock stars are my fuel of choice. Right on. And late over November. Yeah, my I like the monster rehabs. Uh, it's not the full blown monsters with all the sugar and crap in them. There, it's just a tea. I, I kind of uh, I use those in my normal days, and then like once the uh, the uh, extreme exhaustion hits, I think I get the full full uh, strength, three hundred milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not a health <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Not brought to you by Mountain Ops or anything like that. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, no joke. I think Rockstar they had a flavor that I really liked. It was I think it was a fruit punch or something like that. And now I cannot find that thing anywhere. So I went back to my yeah. Monster Rehabs. The raspberry <laughs> is my favorite. The strawberry, the strawberry lemonades are my uh, go-to. That's a new flavor. Yeah, it's it's delicious. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. I I buy it by the case off the Amazon. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I've thought about doing that. I tell you what, I've got a gas station close by that uh, it's literally the only gas station that sells the raspberry one. And yeah, I don't. Remember. Drives me nuts because I can't find them anywhere else. So when I go in there. I've got a rewards card. So basically. I can actually get them cheaper using my rewards card from this gas station than what I can buy them from on Amazon. So I do the same thing. I just go to that gas station and buy a whole case. <laughs> I, I I don't even know if my body would operate without caffeine at this point. Yeah, I hear you. And one thing for me, I can't eat anything, though, before I go to a tree stand of a morning hunt. I can't. If I eat anything, I mean, if I eat one peanut, on the way to the tree stand, I got to drop the britches, and it's go time. I'm, every single time. It does not matter. I can't eat anything in the morning before a deer hunt. Can't. I'm a, I'm a Pop-Tart guy. I, uh, yeah, watch that, watch, watch, watch that uh, big nine you shot last year. <laughs> Pop-Tarts in your hands. <laughs> while you. I had two, Pop-Tarts in my hand, two packages of Pop-Tarts in my hand and uh, – <laughs> a thermos of coffee between my legs when I saw him at like nine yards. <laughs> oh, that's a no shit moment. <laughs> it was a cluster. If, if I've ever seen one, I don't know how he didn't pick me off. I was like, it was, that was a stand that my dad had hung, I think in the mid nineties. So it's like a 12 foot ladder stand <laughs> Oh my. with not one around it. With not what? I, Without one like tree branch around it, there was nothing between me and that deer but Aaron's face. It's <laughs> uh, a wide open skyliner. I, oh yeah, I, I find that I, I I'm not making fun of him, but I find that funny. I see I don't know I I know quite a few people that I've went to their ground and I saw their stands or whatever. I mean, it's almost like you pick a tree out, put a tree in the middle of a cornfield, one tree with no branches, and they have a tree stand in it. It's like yep. how how do they how how do they think that's gonna work? I mean, maybe if it's shotgun or rifle, but with a bow, I just that, I don't know how you can pull that crap off. I think that was the second or third one sixty that was taken out of that ladder stand. Hey, it works, right? I hadn't been in it other than to put ratchet straps in that thing since like I would say the 
2009, 2010. My dad still hunts it every now and then, so I go in during shed season and throw ratchet straps on it for him, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> nice. But so, it was the only in there for a win for that buck, so, I mean, it, it, it worked. Yeah. Now, Missouri, can you guys bait through season? I don't remember. I don't know. No. Uh, we're allowed to use mineral in certain county, counties. Okay. Are you allowed uh, to in your county? Yes. Yes. We, okay. we can use we can use mineral here. Gotcha. So I guess my, my what I was leading to was where are you putting your trail cameras right now? Are you making scrapes? Are you putting them on mineral sites? I've off of my mineral sites to scrapes and food sources mainly. Okay. And it seems like scrapes are starting to really open up. I did some scouting today while I was planting that rye and found some big hub scrapes that I'm excited about. I moved some reveals to them. And hopefully tonight they'll show me what's using them. Yeah. The now, glory of the cell, cell camera. I'll know where to go on Monday, hopefully. Yeah, right. By right. what I did today. Now, are you are you making uh, scrape branches or putting scrape branches up, or are you just leaving it natural and putting a camera on an I, existing scrape? I know, I know we've all been going back and forth on what, what to use and I think you guys are using a lot of cedars and I don't have many cedars around me yeah. or oak branches. I cut the uh, I don't even know what they are, the vines those big hardy vines that grow on the side of trees. I cut those off and take some paracord and tie them to branches and yeah. let them hang down and I use for my mock scrapes and they they seem to use the crap out of those. Right on. They're, they they hang down like I almost hang them all the way to the ground. They'll rub them and scrape underneath of them, and seems to work really well for me. Yeah, I was gonna be my next question. Like, do you put them at the deer's head height, or do you put them all the way down? And you just answer that you put them all the way down. Those I, I hang about. I mean, I leave probably two foot off the ground, but they'll they rub their antlers on them. And they scrape the whole. I mean, yep. By the time the season's over, they'll have all the bark rubbed off of them. Usually. Yeah. No, I mean it makes sense. I think I think it's more I, of a curiosity I, thing and everything. You know, they just something's out of place and they see it there dangling. They're like, "Oh, let's go check that out." You, you cut those uh, vines and they have, they leak some type of fluid out of them. I don't know what. I mean, some type of sap. And I feel like that that sap they like to rub on their forehead and get on them. Yeah. Like if you've ever seen that broke off just hanging in the middle of the woods, it seems like they always rub the crap out of those things. Yep, yep. I know what you're talking about. I don't but, I don't know what they're exactly called. We'd have to ask Jacob or I'm I'm not a yeah, tree I'm, expert by any means. No, I, I can tell you an oak and yeah. a maple. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and a walnut. I'm happy to point your way to a walnut or two or a locust. Yeah. Yeah, no joke. No, I'm doing a, about it. a scrape test this year. I'm trying it out because last year – I've tried every branch that we've got around me, basically, uh, whether it's oak or maple or cedar and some white pine. And last year I did mostly all white pine. And, man, they just absolutely bombarded those branches to the point where the branch that I had them zip-tied to, the deer were on their hind feet and breaking the limb off, and I'd have to replace the entire, you know, make a whole new setup. And... I've used cedar in the past and had some luck with cedar, not not dissonant whatsoever. And 
So this year I just kind of wanted to see. I put it in one of my hottest spots, especially when October, uh, usually about the end of the first week of October on, the deer will really start scraping in there. It's one in one of my hottest areas. It's actually where I shot Uno. But uh, I I really want to know which one they prefer. So I put on one tree a branch on one side and a white pine on one side, and I put the cedar on the other, opened up big scrapes. So, you know, you can't argue with the video proof, and I've got that cell, or that yeah. trail camera on video. So I'm going to see which one wins. And I, I'm curious to see, too, you know, which one stays green, greenest the longest, which one uh, holds it together the longest, too, you know. Because you don't want to go, I'm, you don't want to go out there every week, you know, replacing this crap. I mean, you, you want to stay out. Needles. You're surprised what? The pine doesn't lose its needles fast. I do, I know everybody said that. And last year, I'm not saying that they don't, but last year when I did them, it seems they held them for quite a while. I'm talking like a couple months. And I, granted, granted that. This wasn't just one tree limb of white pine. It was, I had four, five, six of them all bunched together, you know, zip tied together. Yeah, I use zip ties. Yep. And you need to use black zip ties. Don't use white. Yep. I've been using paracord and just kind of tying them on. Doing a cinch knot. Yep. 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 Whatever works. Zip ties are just handy for me and I've got some laying around. So that's just what I use. And, they work great. I Even mean, if I low hanging branch, I can take and throw the paracord up around it and, and tie a knot and let it dangle down from there. And yep, that way, anywhere I want to have a uh, mock scrape, I can have it. Yep. But as far as branches and stuff, other than the vines, I've always had good luck with like pin oaks because they keep their leaves for so long. For sure, that's also what masks my stands and. Spots where I don't have a lot of covering stands is pin oak yeah. branches. Yeah, pin oaks are awesome. Love pin oaks. We don't. I know we have a bunch of them here or in the neighboring county and stuff. But where I'm at, we don't have a ton of pin oaks. Very, very few pin oaks around me. But they they do hold their leaves, and yes, they are great trees. No doubt about it. They hold their leaves. Yeah. And one thing That's I've done, green. I've done with the the scrape branch this year since I had such trouble with the deer snapping the branch that I had it zip tied to last year, um, when you add the weight of the branches zip tied on plus a deer jumping on it, you know, knocking it down, it doesn't take all that much, honestly, to break it. So what I did this year is I tried finding spots that had a branch above that branch and I would, I would tie off to both of them. So that one that, uh, is above it is kind of trying to pull it up that way they're kind of working against each other and that one when the deer jumps on it or something whatever the weight is not going to affect that branch nearly as much so i've been trying to tie yep. tie like two branches together with my scrape branches and i think that's going to work really well i hope we'll find out one thing i've i've started doing in the last three or four years and it's worked really well is when I go around, especially like my clover plots, when I mow them, I drop my brush hog all the way down to the dirt around the edges. That way they don't have to work as hard to get down to dirt to scrape. And it seems like they open up a lot more scrapes along those spots where I've mowed really low to the ground, especially 
under normal scraping trees. And it seemed to open up scrapes earlier in the year whenever they, whenever I do that. Yep, you're exactly right. I do the exact same thing. I actually mow it in like July. I hit it the first time, mow it really low. Obviously, it'll grow back up, but it, that thatch is kind of kind of break down with time. Yep. And then, like you said, right before season, and I just did this, let's see, last weekend? Last weekend on all my buffers – that is close to the wood line, I mowed down to the ground, just like what you said. And it's not near as thatchy, and it's pretty clean, and yeah. exactly what you just said, they don't have to work near as hard. Because, I mean, if they're standing in grass, it's up to their knees. I'm not saying they're not going to scrape, but I agree with you. Ne- if it if it's clean to the ground almost, they're more likely to rip it open and make a scrape. Yeah. I, I, I tried that on my new farm that i'm hunting this year and hope i hope it pays off i haven't even checked cameras over there i don't have any self-service to have run cell cameras there so i'm hoping i was going back through my old pictures and the buck that i plan on hunting this year one of the bucks that i plan on hunting this year showed up october 1st last year so i think uh this weekend one day after i get out one morning when i get off work i'm gonna head there and pull cards and see if they've opened up any of those scrapes and right hopefully on. that's where we'll be on the fourth and fifth during this cold front i'm assuming you're looking at old pictures just like i am right now of the past on bucks that yep. maybe weren't prime last year but are going to be prime this year and age-wise what or what you're wanting to shoot and you're yeah. trying to see what the date was when they were there but you're also looking at temperature and what time they were there. And I know I've had a bunch of bucks that have been, you know, really close time frame of within a couple days or maybe even the same day on camera a year apart. That particular farm, I haven't actually hunted it yet. I've had it for two years. And two years running that October 1st date, I've had this buck. He's got double split G2s. Last year, he was probably a high 160s, maybe a low 170s buck. But I really thought he was four-year-old, and I had another buck that I was hunting. So I never really kind of – I never went after him. And I, I thought that he had the potential to really blow up. And October 1st, he showed up, and he never left after that day. Like, I mean, within reason. I would get pictures of him weekly at least. Well, man, I am so hoping I, that, I, I'm hoping that buck shows up then. Yeah, yeah, me too. That deer should be. Sick. And then he, he, he's he's number two on the list, and the number one one that he shows up every year, November second or third. And I think that deer, honest to God, has a chance to be a Missouri state record typical. Oh my! And and uh, I, I he he's there for about two weeks, and he's done it two years running. And I'm going to have a narrow window, but I've basically, I've scrapped a couple of my farms that I normally work, do a lot of food plot work too, and run a lot of cameras on and pretty well focused everything and consolidated everything down to this one farm and hope that I'll get an opportunity at that buck. Right on, man. That would be something. That's got to be a giant. And I'm sure you're going to find him. I know if, well, if anybody's watched Sean's episodes and, just knows Sean, 
he does not give up. He will fight to the very end, and he's going to usually get the damn job done. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't, uh, I don't use the uh, method of going in once and killing him. I'm, I'm a grinder. <laughs> I am in the I exact hunt. same boat as you, bud. Last year was kind of <laughs> totally out of my eggshell because uh, I bounced around farm to farm to farm to farm just because we got some new new land and I wanted to learn it as quickly as humanly possible. So that way, instead of taking three or five years to learn it, I was learning it, hopefully, the majority of it in one year. And I felt like I did that, and I'm definitely going to get back to my roots this year. I kind of have a plan of I'm hitting this farm, you know, the first couple weeks of October or first few weeks of October. Then I know on this other farm, that's when the all the bucks show up later October, and I'll be focusing on that farm then. And, yeah, so I've kind of got a game plan, at least as of now, unless I get some different intel that tells me different. But I would say that's going to be my plan, at least, for going into this season for sure. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a buck that you got your sights on. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I'm hoping it goes well. I have a goal this year. My goal is I'm going to buck out. I did not shoot a buck last year, and it's not that I have to shoot a buck by any means. I don't care eating tags. I Actually, that's a lie. Hell yes, I care if I eat my tags. I, I don't want to eat my tags. I'm, if it's mature and it makes me excited, I want to shoot it, and I want to get yeah. two, I want to get two of them this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big tag eater. No. I mean, I'm not going to shoot just a tag, but right. I don't – but in Missouri – uh, you could only shoot one buck before gun season, so it really makes it really makes it hard to uh, want to shoot a lesser buck than what you think that you have an opportunity at in November. Right, because when your when's your gun season open, or when's your gun season end? Better yet, uh, it's the second or third week of November. Oh wow! And then it runs runs for ten days. Wow. Then you got black powder and those season and a whole bunch of other stuff after that. But yeah, and you guys have rifles too, right? Yeah, high powered rifles. Yep. Dead in the smack in the middle of the rut, oh, and uh, it's it's a uh, gut wrenching time of year for anybody that watches trail cameras all bow season. Oh, I can imagine. Oh man, I hope we never I have that. Every time you hear. Uh, <laughs> crack of a rifle go off and that's a lot yeah i can imagine but it is what it is shotgun i imagine shotguns are bad but the ability and not that people have the ability but they still do and shoot at three four five hundred yards yep cripple a lot of deer that shouldn't have been well i i attribute most of the deadheads i find during uh shed season to to uh the high powered rifle yeah or uh shooting something they didn't think was big enough and walking away because it was running through the woods yep right on well man hey we are about here to this half hour mark and i've got nick waiting to get on the phone now but uh i hope you hit big on this cold front man you or stormy or both of you and well it Stormy's up the bat in October, so 
Okay. Well, hopefully those shooters show up and you guys get a crack at one of them. That will be awesome, and I'm sure we're going to follow up with you again in probably a couple weeks. But goal kind of what we're trying to do is this whole end season, everything, get an update from everybody, and we can kind of feed off each other and see what's going on in different areas of the Midwest. And I think it's going to be really cool. I'm going to enjoy it. I know that. Well, I've enjoyed – I always enjoy talking beer, so. <laughs> Heard that. All right, Sean, well, tell Stormy I said hello, and you guys have a great night. And hopefully, you get, like I said, hopefully you guys put down a big one, and we'll catch up with you again here soon. We'll do, bud. Good luck this for the opener. All right, thanks, man. All right, now I've got Nick Chambers on the phone. How are you tonight, Nick? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, well, you just had a really successful hunt. I don't even know what state you were hunting in. Uh, I was in Colorado this year. Colorado on a do-it-yourself public land over-the-counter yep, tag. Over-the-counter tag. No kidding. Is this was that your first time doing Colorado then? No, I actually did it uh, two years ago, kind of in the same area. So I had a little bit of knowledge of the area and where to go, so that helped helped a little bit. I got you. And where else have you been going? I, was it Wyoming? Yeah, I've been to Wyoming and Arizona twice, actually. Oh, wow. So you go a little bit all over the place. Yeah, I try to, much as I can. Yeah, it's a lot of fun out there. And you went this time with your dad, is that right? Yep. He uh, finally took a little time off of work. He owns his own business uh, and nursery, so um, it, was, it was nice to have him out there and have a little company this time. Now, was that his first time elk hunting? No, he went with uh, on the Arizona um, trip. Um, this last time around, um, I think that was three years ago, three or four years ago. Okay. Um, he didn't make it out much, but he's been out a few times. Gotcha. So you guys obviously went with bow and arrow, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, it was archery. Okay. And then, like I said earlier, it, it was a do-it-yourself public lander? Yes, it was. Yep. Well, he, he actually bought his tag in Walmart there in Colorado on the way out there. Yep. Now, did you guys like make your own camp or did you guys go stay in a hotel afterwards or no no um we hiked up the mountain as soon as we got there um saturday and uh we, we made a and it took a couple hours to get up there and uh we just made camp up there and uh, we just uh, just wanted to be uh closer to the elk so we didn't have to hike so far in the morning every morning so. right on so you set up your base camp and that was your base camp the the entire time yep then. Yep, we had heavy packs going up and heavy packs going down. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, I guess to start, when did you go out there, What date-wise? Um, date was the 18th. It was Saturday the 18th when we headed out. Um, we headed out real early in the morning, and we got there a little after, it was around one thirty or 2 o'clock, and then uh, got our stuff around and just started hiking. Gotcha. And what, what kind of elevation were you guys at? Um, we were at between 11 and 12. That's where we were hunting. Oh, boy. You guys yeah. couldn't you know, You guys couldn't breathe real well, I bet. No, he ha- he actually had a kind of a hard time. Uh, he ended up going coming down the mountain after two days, I believe. He said he was just shot. Um, it was pretty steep elevation, and uh, some of the places were above tree lines. So. Yeah, if you guys haven't done that before, go try it. 
<laughs> it took me a day or two to get acclimated. Sure. Yeah. That, uh, man, at least where I, when I went, it seemed like it didn't matter how good a shape you were in. I mean, it obviously helps. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but, yeah. But when you can't breathe, you just can't breathe. Right. I mean, it, yeah, I, unless you have those masks, those special masks to work out in or practice train, in, yeah, yeah, to train. Exactly. It, it's it just t- takes your breath away. I mean, I I've I'm in no way, shape, or form a fit guy by any means, but I've went with multiple people that were, and they were just as gassed as I was. I oh mean, yeah. As soon as I was, they were too. I mean, it's just it's a whole nother environment that unless you've done it, man, it's it's something. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, I I take it pretty serious, and I train for it, and that's still. I still can't get used to it. I mean, it's still. Yeah, and I found out you got to you got to drink water like it's going out of a style. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you almost feel like yeah, a you fish. Almost, yeah, you almost have to make yourself drink water. Yeah, I learned. Otherwise, you're going to get headaches, and it's going to be pretty rough. Yeah, I did the same thing in Colorado um, at eleven thousand feet in my first trip there. <laughs> yeah, I I drink some water, you know, and stuff but not a lot, and that first day, I'll never forget, when I got back, I mean, I had a headache so bad that I couldn't hardly see straight, and my yep. my pee was brown. Yeah. I mean, it, I, was, I was completely dehydrated, and it took me another day to heal up from that just to be able to go back oh, up. Yeah. And from that time forward, I was drinking water, like it was going out of style because I, I knew I yeah. was dehydrated. I mean the the pee really gives it away. You know if it's right. if it's brown or dark like that, you better get some water in your system exactly asap. Yeah, water's the water's always a concern too. Is when you're you're camping up there, you have to you have to filter your own water or find a way to. That's you know, gonna be my next question. Or, yeah, that's yeah. gonna be my next question. Did you guys find a water hole then somewhere? Yeah, close? there's actually uh, a creek. Um, that's not too far from where we we're camping, and we just uh, I've got a platypus um, um, water filter that clean uh, has a dirty bag and a clean bag and a filter in between, and and it's extremely handy. So you just use gravity to filter it out, and you got four liters of good clean drinking water and stuff to cook with uh, to boil and stuff. So yeah, because there's um, there's no way you're gonna want to pack that much water. No, up, you can't up, up that mountain and down. yeah, especially when you already got that many that much gear. Right. Yes. Exactly. So you guys went up to eleven thousand feet, set up base camp, and uh, so walk me through the hunt. All right. So the so we got there um, and uh, got camp set up, and after that we headed out um, to do a little uh, scouting and. We uh, actually found some elk pretty quick. Um, after we hiked, oh, for probably 20 minutes, got into this drainage, and uh, um, I didn't do any calling. Hit a bull, bull screen right below us, and uh, come out, and it was a pretty darn nice bull. And then, so we just we were frozen. We were kind of out in the open, so there wasn't nothing we could do. There was no, no moves we could do, put on, you know, try to make a stock or anything. We were we were cooked. So we just uh, knelt down and uh, watched him, and then uh, he went back in the timber and out come, oh, a half a dozen cows. And so we just watched them, and by that time it was already getting dark, so not much we could do there, which was fine. We 
we found what we were looking for and and we knew there was elk in that basin so we uh backed out of there and tried to get some sleep that night and uh got up early the next morning and headed back out and as soon as daybreak um as soon as it was just light enough to see we could tell there was elk pretty pretty close to the same spot and uh we we're still in a kind of a bad spot so we we were kind of forced to watch them again until they went in the trees and then uh, I tried to sneak up there to see where they were see where they were going see if we'd get them bedded and uh, I never did run into that group but further down at the very very end of the basin kind of at the base of the mountain I saw uh, probably a group of 20 um, with a couple bulls and a couple spikes and the rest were cows so we knew we were in the, in the elk we just needed to be patient and and uh, uh, getting to some cover. So, um, we yeah. So you them. guys, you guys are going for a bull, right? I mean, right. Yeah, we have an either sex tag. Both of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, my dad said he would shoot whatever. Um, after, especially after the first day, and his legs were were smoked um, after that first couple hikes in there, and so he was ready to shoot a cow or a bull, whatever come by. Yeah. That's kind of leads to, you know, what I've said all along is if you plan on elk hunting or want to hunt out West, do it while you're young, as soon as humanly possible. That's that's great advice. Because you're not going to stop. You're not going to stop aging. And I'm not saying that there's not healthy older guys or gals out there because there's, there certainly are. But the majority of people, regardless, it's just easier when you're younger, period. End of story. Exactly. And if you are thinking about it or on the fence about it, you don't know, figure out a way. Go. Yeah. Pull the trigger and do it. Yeah. Don't think about it. You don't know when you're going to get injured or if you're going to get too old. Right. Exactly. You got to do it when you can. Yep. And that's kind of why I said, I don't even know, it was 2000 nine or ten ish that's when i started 2008 actually is when i started taking trips and i decided then you know if i'm going to do this i've got to do it now because yeah. I, I don't know how i could physically do it when i'm older i i don't know right. how. i'm still kicking myself because i didn't i didn't get started till later um if i knew what i know now i would have started you know, right at my probably early 20s or even younger i just had no idea yep I didn't know I'd love elk hunting this much, and I, I didn't know it was feasible. I just, you know, I was oblivious to it until I got offered to go go hunt. And, uh, you know, the first time I heard of Bugle, I was hooked. Yep. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> so you, we're on day, end of day two. You guys don't, yep. you guys and seen so some more elk. We, right. That morning, we, we watched it quite a few. We backed out of there. Um, after about 10 o'clock in the morning, went back to camp, made some lunch, got out there early and got set up uh, where we'd seen those elk um, um, the previous two trips out over there. And so we got set up into, into some trees where we think we're going to get a shot. And we just sit there um, and play the waiting game. And uh, I thought we were going to be in them. But, uh, now, are you never- call- question, are you calling – um, I'll throw out a, I threw out a few um, few cow calls and a bugle here and there. Okay. Um, and for whatever reason, we never saw um, 
never had anything answer, never um, had anything come up. I mean, it was just nothing. I couldn't believe it. I mean, we watched those <laughs> uh, the evening and the morning, and we thought we were in the hot spot. We had uh, four or five muley bucks and um, two or three muley does just surround us, exactly what the elk were doing the previous two times. Uh, so we got a little action, but not, not what we were looking for. Yep. So goes go back to camp day three. Go now we're on day three. Yeah. Yeah, we're on day three, and uh, my my dad's legs are shot, so he's wanting to go go down. He's wanting to get off the mountain and get get some fresh air and get his and uh, try to recover. And uh, that night before day three, we've got a major cold front and a storm, and uh, it rained all night. And uh, it was getting pretty chilly, and I woke up to an inch of water in my boots, and my pants were wet. I only brought one pair of pants. Got a, oh got a pack light, and pick and choose what you bring up there in yep. your pack. And so I had wet feet for the next the rest of the day, um, and the fog. When we woke up, I mean, you could not see fifty yards in any direction. Uh. So we were kind of cooked. We, it wasn't safe to go back where we were hunting because it's so steep. Mm-hmm. And so we just, uh, we slept in a little bit and, uh, kept checking and checking. And it was probably 1130 or 12 o'clock. And he said, I'm going down the mountain. <laughs> and, uh, so he was, I helped him pack his stuff and he headed down the mountain and I waited for the fog to lift. And it was uh one in the afternoon before that fog lifted. And then you headed out for the evening. Then I then I headed out. I, I wanted to make sure as soon as that fog lifted that uh, I was out there, and just in case you know those elk were bedded down. I don't. I didn't know if they were. Now you're talking about seeing elk and all over the place. But are you hearing them? Are they talking much? Yeah, a little bit, not a lot. They'll throw out a bugle here and there. Okay. And so you know, I'm trying to try not to overcall, and they can choose when I do call. Right, I mean, I but are the, el- the actual elk? Yeah, I mean, the actual elk are, are calling every once in a while. It's not a lot, though. Okay, okay. We, we heard some bugles, but uh, they're so, not going crazy. Yeah, so it wasn't on fire by any means. No, but, uh, you know, glassing um, that the previous morning, I could see um, some bulls running each other off and, you know, licking some cows and chasing some cows and pushing them. So I knew they were, they were right there. Yep, it was close. Yeah. So I, as soon as that fog lifted, I'm, I'm hustling down there and I get to the spot, the same spot we uh, set up before when all the muley bucks come, come around us and, uh, I get, get where I wanted and, uh, give it a few minutes. And then I just uh, let out a few, uh, cow calls and I got a bugle instantly just right off the bat. (laughs) Here we go. So I, I, I hit the, bugle and a few more cow calls and he just kept ripping every time I'd call so I I uh, ditched my pack and uh, just grabbed my bow and uh, my final harness and uh, took off after him I had the good wind everything was sun was out by then and the wind was going uphill and he was downhill from me so uh, I felt like I had a pretty good shot at getting close to him and, and like I said he was pretty fired up every time I'd call he'd, he'd throw a bugle and uh, 
So I just kept inching my way um, using the trees for cover. And I finally got to a spot where there's a big lay down uh, pine tree, dead pine tree in between a couple um, live pine trees. And, and I think by that time he was, he was getting pretty close. He was moving towards me as I was moving towards him. And I figured that was as good as any. I arranged my spots where, where he could possibly come out and, and actually where I thought he was going to come out was below right along the creek was 40 yards. And I thought it would be a perfect broadside. And sure enough, um, he come out there, but he angled as soon as he come out from the trees, he angled right up at me and was looking at me. He, you know, he had me pinned, um, with me cow calling right there. But, uh, I said, stood still and, uh, he kept moving my direction and, Close in the distance before before long, he was just he was right there on the other side of the grove of the trees, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess I got lucky. The wind was still going uphill, and he finally moved out to where I could get a shot. And I think he was uh, 25 yards when I was able to let one go. And you and you you smoked, made a good shot. Yeah, I smoked him. He he uh he actually just sat there for a second. It was a full pass through through the lungs. And he just, you know, he didn't know what was going on. He just looked back, and then after about ten seconds, he started stumbling. And he crashed into to a few pine trees, and then uh, he tried to stand back up, and then rolled uh, down next to the creek, right on the edge there. So, well, now the real work begins. Yes. <laughs> so it's at this time it's two thirty, two forty-five in the afternoon, and you're by um, yourself, and um, it's a solo hunt. Yeah. And the solo pack out. Solo. Oh my so, gosh! <laughs> so, but this isn't the first time I've I've, I've done it before. So I I got busy and uh, started you, caping him. And, did you try to call uh, your dad? So, no, there's no reception. It wasn't uh, worth trying. No. And he was already by that time. He was already down the mountain and and in good hands with one of his buddies that lives down there. <laughs> right. So yeah, I was on my own and no way to contact anybody so i just got busy uh taping him out and and uh boning and and I actually took the quarters off and hung those and uh make sure i got the meat the trees and started cooling and, and uh one of the one of my buddies that does some taxidermy wanted to cape so i was it took me a little longer than i wanted um but i still had everything done by the time it was dark and had my pack loaded with um, everything. Um, I think I had a hindquarter and then all my gear that I had brought down. So did you just hiked back to base camp, right? Yep, base camp was a, uh, on my yeah, Onyx maps. It was about a mile and a half or just a touch over um, to base camp, so it wasn't terrible. And I had I made it back um, right as right as it was dark. With, but I left the rest of the front quarters and yeah. um, meat hanging in the trees. Um, so the bears, there's a few bears around, so I try to get them hung up, you know, decent height. Right. So did you go back to the? So did you go back the next morning and bring it all to base camp and then make your descent, or how did that work? Yes, I did. I I, I decided I was I was pretty well smoked by the time I got back to camp from um, butchering that thing and I bet and hauling back that first load. Um, so I got some sleep, and uh, it ended up getting down to about 20 degrees that night where I was staying. 
uh, at base camp. So I knew the meat was in good hands and uh, just got up and, and hiked down there and started packing up another another load. And uh, took me three loads to get out of there, but pretty uh, pretty thankful I shot him. What I did is that last load, um, I heard two high-powered rifle shots. And that didn't sound right to me. So I was, I was wanting to get somewhere where I could get some reception and um, ask somebody, you know, needed to call the game warden what was going on. I was, I was very confused. Um, but, uh, when I did, and what, when I was able to call, they explained that it was mountain goat season and it was first day of rifle season. Oh boy. Yeah. And I think they, uh, they weren't very far. So I know they, they probably busted, uh, whatever else were left in that basin out of there. So, like I said, I was extremely fortunate to, uh, to get my bull when I did. Yeah, so I'm not tell sure me if there'd be tell, anything left. So tell me about the bull. What is what was he? He was a five by five. Okay. Uh, pretty heavy, not a real old one, but uh man at that point with my dad being gone and uh and everything and not seeing that many elk that day, um man, I was I was extremely excited. That's awesome. And yeah, I, so so you get everything back to camp. Now you got to get everything back to the truck plus the whole base camp. Right, all of camp. Yeah, you did all of that by yourself. Um, I got all of it back to camp and everything packed up, and then uh, uh, my dad and his buddy came up there and uh, helped me get down the last load. So, um, holy smokes, that was dude. that was big for me because <laughs> I was I was pretty well spent. I bet you were. Ooh, that sounds mean. Very mean. Yeah, I I just uh, in these last couple of days, it's been a week since we got back um, as of today, and uh, I pulled something in my back, and uh, I'm finally healed up now. <laughs> Feeling pretty good. Gee, so I've got to ask, like, is this something you plan on still doing? If I mean, would you would you go do solo like that? Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. I I like it just because you, I you don't like going make to my own. Other, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I enjoyed having the company. I really, really did, especially being my dad. But, sure. Um, as far as the hunting aspect, self, so I'd still, I'd still rather hunt with him. But uh, you know, if not, then you know, I kind of enjoy that solo aspect of it. Just, just because I can make my own decisions and call when I want to call and make a move when I want to make a move, and it's all on me if it doesn't work. Yeah, and I think I think it depends too, though. You know scenario wise if you know you go this way i go that way oh yeah you know if you could do that i i'll be honest that shit makes me nervous uh just thinking <laughs> about being out there solo because if something yeah. happens i mean you just said you pulled something in your back <laughs> well yeah what if it was something very serious yeah if you tear up your knee or something or you, break yeah something. you have no signal very possible. no yeah. signal you're how many miles from the truck like for me, that's a maybe maybe in my early twenties, but now two kudos and shit back home. Uh, no, yeah. no, I'm I, I'm not doing that. Just not. Yeah, <laughs> you have a good hunting hunting partner. Um, yeah, that, that makes a world of difference. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, because there are bad ones that you know won't make the right decisions, and then right, exactly. They just don't have the experience, or they just. Sure. They don't get it or they don't make the right decisions. You're exactly right. But if you have a good one, then yeah, it's, 
Yep. It's nice. I'd rather have somebody calling for me and filming for me for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, man, kudos to you for being a hell of a macho man doing that because <laughs> I, uh, I don't envy you for that at all. I mean, I, there's no way I'd want to do that. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but I enjoyed the challenge. That's awesome, man. And that, and we will be putting this episode together here pretty soon so you guys can watch it. But uh, yeah. I want to transition. So congratulations, man. First of all, that's, that's awesome. Super happy for you. Is that your, that's, is that your first bull or you shot? No, I shot one in the last trip to Arizona. I shot a bull. Okay. And okay. then, uh, then uh, Colorado shot that cow and then uh, Wyoming. We bow hunted for a week, never had anything, you know, it was just quiet. And I ended up, uh, wife let me uh, go back with the rifle if you can in, in Wyoming. And it, that was a solo hunt too way up in the mountains, so I've had a little experience with it and um, yeah. been successful the last four years, so I'm pretty happy. Heck yeah, man. Well, hey, I'm over the Out West stuff now. I'm ready to be talking about deer hunting. Season, yeah, I'm ready to sit in the tree stand. Yeah, season opener is tomorrow for us. When did it open for you guys in Kansas? September 15th, and I was so um, engorged in that elk hunting. Um, but I didn't, never did make it out before I went left for elk hunting. Yeah. Oh, but I only had a couple of days and I was just busy packing and trying to make sure I didn't forget anything. Yeah. And it's, it's hard transitioning, honestly, from a Western hunt coming home to, to deer, like at least for me too, it, it takes a little bit, you know, to get yeah. back in the mood. Cause you still feel like you're out there, want to be out there. And <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. need to bring it back home here. Yeah, exactly. And then when we got home, it was 90-some degrees, so uh, <laughs> yeah. killed the mood. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just talking to Sean a little bit ago, and we have I, – I don't know if this cold front's coming through you guys too, but it looks like Saturday for us is when the cold front starts in the afternoon, and we're going to have like a 15-degree temperature drop, 10, 15 degrees. Oh, yeah. And we got some rain in the forecast. And I think Tuesday for us, Monday for Sean in Missouri – but we we've had predominantly south winds for eight ten days, and it's switching to a straight north. I think it's on Tuesday, and for for me at least, and I'm really thinking there's going to be some big deer hitting the dirt next week. Yeah, I bet you're right. If if not this weekend for some people, because man, that's that's just uh, at least to me, that's just that's like. Christmas to me, seeing a cold front like that come in. Yeah, I mean it truly is. So I really well, look forward to that. Do you get? Right. Have you looked at your forecast then, or do you guys have that? Yeah, coming? and actually, we had a front come through um, this evening and uh, brought some rain today. And, and uh, yeah, like you were saying, it's uh, the cameras and everything just light up when when uh, get a cold front like that. Yeah. So tell me, what is do you plan on going out, I guess, like this weekend, or when's your first hunt you plan on? Um, I'm kind of, right now, I'm kind of watching the cameras, and I'm not not having a whole lot of luck um, getting uh, any target bucks on camera. So I'm trying to hold back a little bit, make sure I'm, you know, I'm not setting up the area, busting anything out too early. Right. I've got most of my stands up and the blinds up. Um, so I'm happy about that, but... Uh, well, like I don't I don't know about you, but for me, I have to get out as soon as possible to hunt. 
and, and here's why. Here's here's honest God reason why. For us, we are not just hunting. We are not just holding a bow in a tree and shoot a deer when it walks by. That's not what we're just doing. Right. We have to. We're filming our hunts. We have to set up everything, and most of the times we're doing it solo. And right. I like like I'll go to tree stands that I've never I never hunt throughout the season. I just it's maybe a you know a viewpoint where I can you know see the deer from a long ways off and what they're doing, kind of a scout mission, whatever you want to call it. But more importantly, it's for me working the kinks out. Because I've got a lot of kinks to work out. I'm, so, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, man, the first four or five sits, if 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 somebody was there and just filmed everything I did, and I'm and I know this is true for a lot of the other guys too, just film what we did the first four or five hunts a season, they'd be like, "Is this their first year hunting?" I mean, <laughs> it's awful. And I mean, well, I, I know that would be the case with me. I'm still, I'm still a rookie. I feel like so. uh yeah, there's a lot of, you're exactly right. There's a lot of kinks to, to get out. Yeah. So that's that for me, I mean, I'm excited to get out, don't get me wrong, see deer and maybe get a crack at a big one. But honestly, I mean, I, I got to get them kinks worked out because when it's go time, I need complete a game when it's go time. Right. I want no mistakes. Been there, done that. I know how to set up my camera arm exactly where I want it. Um, whatever settings, et cetera. How, where I want my bow hanging, just everything. Like I'm very organized how I do things. And until I get that completely down pat, I'm not happy. And I'll keep changing it until I get it perfect. And then when it's perfect, I leave it and I go. But, you know, right. like I said, it takes four to five hunts to get that, get those kinks worked out. But yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And even, even then sometimes things go wrong when you're, when you're mm-hmm. solo filming. Or right. even when you have a camera guy, I mean, it's yep. there's so many aspects to to uh, filming the deer hunt. Yeah, and unless you've done it, you you won't know. But man, it, it, right. there's a lot to it. I mean, you got to turn on your mics, turn on your camera, get your settings right, your ISO, your shutter, everything, getting right before you ever even think about shooting the deer. So sometimes you've got seconds right. to pull this off, right. and and when you have more experience with it leading up to those good days, it just really helps. At least it does for me. Yeah, it does for me too. Like I said, I still feel like a rookie and, uh, and, uh, you've you've done awesome so far. And I know you like to hunt a lot out of a ground blind. At least that's what I saw last year. Yeah. Um, one of the better spots that we had, um, doesn't have too many trees big enough for tree stands. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so the ground blind, um, works pretty good. It's one of the better options anyway. Gotcha. gotcha. So you said your camera's kind of been coming up dry. Where do you have, what do you have your cameras on right now? Are you guys allowed to bait and do all that stuff or are you on yeah, crops um, or what are you, what are you doing? I've got a little bit of everything. Um, trails, crops, um, salt, um, mineral licks. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, quite a quite a variety um but i just for whatever reason um so you've got cameras on all many. those different aspects i mean right okay so are you like freaking out now saying a, a need, little bit i need to move, um, my, I actually, need to move my cameras or do you think they're just not there yet or well i'm getting a lot of deer i'm just not getting the 
you know, the mature um, animals that I'm, I'm looking for to shoot. Gotcha. Now, do you guys still have a lot of crops in? Yes. Um, lots of lots of soybeans. I haven't touched the soybeans yet. they are just starting to cut the corn. Okay. Um, Milo hasn't been touched yet, so do, do I think that's like, going to make a difference. I want to say, do you feel like they're behind from last year or ahead? Just a little bit, yeah, okay. um, for sure. Okay. And uh, we got some rain today, so that'll put them back a little bit further. Supposed to get uh, some more the next two days here, so right which on. is good. Um, you know, I've got food plots, and uh, once they get those crops off, um, our field should uh, just improve as time goes on. Right on. So you do you have standing crops on your – on your farm? Um, yes, just the, just the food plots that we put in. We've got some uh, real-world um, clover and um, real-world harvest salad in okay. one of the bigger plots. Okay, cool. And it's coming up good? Alfalfa. Yes, it comes up very good. Good. Yeah, they're going to bomb that. I can't wait. I can't yep. wait for them. That to, should make a big difference yeah, as well, soon as those other crops come off. And, and just to – Make you not freak out, at least for in my what I've seen just in the last few, several days or last five days, they've started picking hard around us here. And, oh, good. And I've had new deer show up about every day, last, yeah. last five days. I mean, they're not new That's deer. I, I know who they are, but they're right. first time I've seen them this year, they have came, the, came to the farm. So I've been getting a buck about every day that I was wanting to see and shows shows up. I mean, so more and more crops coming out, that just helps. And then I don't know about your area, but around me, <clears throat> most of the farmers are, uh, they, they till their fields under after they pick them. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they do that here too. <laughs> that just helps me out that much more. Yep. Um, because that eliminates that food source pretty dang quick. And after the first freeze, it definitely eliminates that. And we're right. we're fortunate enough on our farm that uh, our cousin does all of our farming, and he's a no-till farmer. So it, it's it's yeah, kind of a double better. it's kind of a double-headed sword in a way though because he does a lot of cover crop, which is oh, great okay. for the soil, mm-hmm. great for the soil. It's great for everything. I'm glad he does it. It's great for the wildlife, but it does definitely scatter out the deer too. I mean, right. they've got unlimited places they can get food. But I still feel like my my plots are pulling them for sure, um, right. sp- especially the for harvest sure. salad and the the lush green clover. It uh, yep. they definitely bomb that. Actually, that's what I'm going to be hunting tomorrow is clover. I've had yeah. two different shooters on this clover in the last week. So, <laughs> well, good luck. Yeah, okay. one of them, one of them was daylight too. So awesome. I'm I'm I don't know if it'll happen tomorrow, but with this cold coming. And, and the rain might and everything hit it right. might hit it right as long as I can get the right wind for it and uh, maybe put one of them down. But I'm confident. I'm confident do. they're going to show up for you. It's yeah. just a matter of time, right? Yeah. One of the other things is uh, not all of my cameras are um, cell cameras, and um, with that elk hunting trip, I haven't been out to check them in a couple. Uh, I bet three weeks. Well, and so, do, do you feel sick? I, I've got some work do feel to do sick? this weekend. I want to say, do you feel sick? Because that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, they're going to get checked this weekend for sure. Yeah, that's – now that you said that, that's – I just did my first pull today after I got done early, 
and I drove around side by side, did my first pull of the non cellular cameras, and yeah, there's quite a few of them that just showed up. So yeah, uh, yep. I got high hopes for a couple spots that I'm gonna check. So so are you gonna transition transition your your trail cameras here pretty soon? Me and Sean were talking about you know scrapes are huge for us. And yes. Are, are you gonna be focusing a lot on on that coming soon? Oh yeah. Okay. I've had good luck in the past um, focusing on scrapes, and and I really enjoy uh, putting my uh, cameras on video mode, and get those deers working, getting the deer working the scrapes, and yep. really get some good footage. Now, break down the scrape that you make, or do you even make a scrape? Um, I do. Uh, uh, some of the cameras I'll put on, um, you know, what the actual bucks make, and some of them I'll put on ones where I've I want them to come, and uh, I'll make my own. Okay, and what does that look like? So, um, a lot of times that we've, we've got some pretty good oak um, groves, and uh, I'll just pick one of the one of the down down hanging trees, and I'll make a I'll make a scrape and put whatever mock scrape you know attracted in there, and I'll set the camera on that, and then what I've done the last two years is I'll dig a post hole, cut a fairly good size limb or tree down and stuff it in that hole. And then, you know, I'll put that right in my food plot and then make a, you know, overhanging branch in a scrape right there. I've had good luck in the last two years doing that just because it stands out so well from everything else being it's in the middle of that big food plot. Yep. I can tell you something that doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> a four by four post and digging a hole and putting it in there. And I made my own, uh, took a metal tube basically and screwed it on to the four by four post to where uh-huh. I can tilt the branch up and down wherever I want. Right. And I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I have yet to get anything ever on that damn thing. Now, not natural enough. No, I it? guess not. I get, and I mean, huh. it's, been, it's been out there for literally four years. Oh my! And I, I stopped even putting branches in it now because I mean they just don't use it at all. And yeah. the ones I make, that's on the on the edge of the wood line or whatever. Obviously, they smash them. But and I've done the the whole moving a tree branch or a tree limb and putting it out there, and they do hit that too. But for whatever reason, that four by four post. And, 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 put, and putting a cedar branch in the tube right did not work interesting yep and maybe other people huh. have luck with it but i sure haven't and that's interesting you if, know. if anything i'm gonna pull it because i think it's a distraction more than it's helping me right right and i wonder too like you know it's four by four so it's square it's not rounded yeah i thought about what if it's rounded to be more right. like an actual tree that because I, I don't know. I, I don't they know may if, be picking up on that. Yeah, I don't know if, if I've ever seen a deer rubbing on something square like that, like a 4 by 4 post. Right. I mean, I've seen telephone pole round, but... Right, and fence posts, like right. farmer's fence posts. Correct, stuff. but not actual a straight 4 by 4 So hmm. I'm going to do some tinkering around with it, and I don't know. I might, or I'll just take a tree <laughs> and transplant it, put it right out in the middle. or there right. You go. Right in front of the stand at 20 yards, whatever. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I've got. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, hey, man, I am looking forward to seeing what you put down out there, and um, I know I know you're going to get on them. I'm, I'm certain yeah, of that. I will. Yep. Just a matter of time. Play your cards right, you'll get on them. And right. Wish you the best. And Yeah, I'm hoping you have some luck this weekend, and I get a picture of a big old bruiser. Yep, and head out. Yep, and we will be sharing this elk hunt, hopefully coming soon. I know you just told me when, when I called you uh, – you got all the footage in there, so yeah, I'm going to pick through that and <clears throat> get everything set up and hopefully be airing that here pretty soon, too. Looking forward to it. All right, Nick. Well, you have a good night. Appreciate you hopping on here, and best of luck, yeah. man. Yep, you too. All right, see you, Nick. I think they'll be hitting the dirt soon. Yes, sir. Can't wait. <laughs> all right, thanks, Kyle. All right, see you, Nick.